1420 WBSM presents Spooky South Coast with your hosts Tim Weisberg and Matt Costa. South Coast, Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin, Matt Costa, science advisor, Matt Moniz, and a, a bit of a downer for us tonight, because we are all Michael Jackson fans, and we were shocked and saddened by the news of his passing uh, on Thursday, and I have to say, Matt Moniz, uh, I was with you in the car when we got the news, my wife gave us a call, and you know, it, it, at first it was kind of like, it, it was almost like a joke almost, it was kind of like... All right, you know, this is being reported by TMZ and it's all this crazy stuff. And it wasn't until later on that it really hit. And people might not have realized it at the time. This is, you know, our generation, not, you're a little bit older than us, but this is our generation's equivalent to losing Elvis. Um, Michael Jackson actually started back in the early 70s. I mean, he was through a number of different generations, mm-hmm. different manifestations of himself in each generation, but he touched each generation he went through. And while tonight we're going to pay tribute. Oh, Costa finally caught that. <laughs> tonight we're going to, uh, we're going to pay tribute to Michael Jackson with, with some bumpers, uh, coming in and out of commercials and, and we'll play some of his songs in place of the usual music we play, play here on Spooky South Coast. But, uh, we will be talking with our guest, Elizabeth Summers, in just a few minutes. She is an esoteric numerologist and she is going to join us to, uh, talk about what it is that she does, how it is that it works, and then a little bit later on in the program we'll take your calls and you'll get a chance to get a reading from her and uh she she can do a about a 3 month uh window for you uh in that reading so it's it's you know a 3 month you know 3 month reading for for free you yeah. can't go wrong with that so uh we will have her on in just a little bit but i just want to touch upon this this michael jackson passing a little bit um I, I heard somebody reference this, and at first I thought, there's no way that could be possible. But I heard someone say that this might be the biggest global event that's ever happened. And I thought that was a little hyperbole at first. But let me explain. What it is is this Michael Jackson is one of the top, I believe, uh, the, the survey that happened in 2005 or 2006. He was one of the top six most recognizable people on the planet. So now when you take into account the way that news is delivered to us these days and how much in connect everybody is, I can understand almost where this idea comes from. It's the biggest thing that's happened simultaneously. Um, you know, obviously, you know, the, the bombing in World War II uh, of any, any of the sites they bombed in World War II, that was fast news for the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously 9-11, that was fast news, but there's corners of the world that are paying attention to the death of Michael Jackson that didn't pay attention to 9-11. There's, you know, underdeveloped countries that don't have news access that didn't know 
what happened to the in the U.S. on September 11th for a few hours, maybe even a few days later. But these underdeveloped people in in Africa already know that Michael Jackson has passed away. So I can kind of understand where that school of thought comes from. And I, I do have a story here. Uh, this one comes from Fox News, but I've seen a number of different uh, stories around that uh, around the same vein. And let's see. On iTunes, Friday morning, Michael Jackson held seven of the top ten album downloads, including the top five spots. By 3 p.m., it was all Jackson, except for the Black Eyed Peas new album at number nine. Amazon CD section, the top 15 sellers were all either by Michael Jackson or the Jackson 5. So that's that's fine. We expect that. You know, We expect people yeah. to, to clamor for his music. They realize, hey, wait a minute, I don't have any Michael Jackson in my iPod, and shame on you if you didn't. But now they go down there, and they're, they're going to start downloading all this stuff. But Amazon also talked about uh, a run on Michael Jackson videos, DVDs that they had. Uh, AT&T wireless spokesman Jeannie Hornung told Fox News that news of Michael Jackson's death caused the largest spike in SMS traffic in our network history. Nearly 65,000 texts per second were sent as fans reached out to each other to share the sad news. On Twitter, five of the top ten search uh, top 10 search terms were related to Jackson and the microblogging service reported the most tweets per second following his death since Barack Obama's election. I know they had to get some extra servers going online to keep Twitter up to date um, because they were on the verge of having that collapse uh, as it had with the uh, the Iranian uh, protesters who'd been using Twitter to, to communicate. About 40% of the top Google search terms had to do with Jackson while the company's YouTube dedicated an entire section to the gloved one. Uh, one tribute page on Facebook drew more than 900,000 fans. Yahoo News set a record in unique visits with uh, 16.4 million unique visits in a day. The previous record was on Election Day when they had 15.1 million viewers. Uh, they had 4 million viewers come to the site between 3 and 4 p.m. Pacific time, setting an hourly record. Uh, it's the highest clicking story in the history of the Yahoo front page. Um, let's see. I'm just trying to look at some of these other that Google News actually had to use a capture code where you have to physically mm-hmm. type in numbers because they got inundated with so many Michael Jackson requests in the Google News search box that they thought they were being hacked by an automated uh, system. Uh, I'm just looking over some of these other numbers. They're just staggering. Uh, so many websites had actually crashed. Uh, so many news sites had actually crashed. They couldn't keep up with the demand. And uh, I read somewhere too that MySpace was in danger of going down. Because uh, they were literally adding a hundred friends per second, it was either per second or per minute, to uh, the official Michael Jackson page on MySpace, and uh, just the it's amazing when you see these numbers and they're telling you know the, these they're beating Election Day, they're beating all these other events that have happened. It shows you that it it might actually be the biggest world event that's ever happened in one simultaneous time period, I would say. So and that just it's proof of the man's talent. The man's global reach and the fact that, you know, hey, with all the controversy that happened, he meant a lot to a lot of people. And we're sad to see him go. And and someday we'll have a show where we can talk about some of these theories that are out there. They're already sprung up within minutes of his death. And and that's a testament to who he was and how he lived his life and how strange the stories always were that surrounded him. But, you know, within minutes of his reported death, there's people that are saying that it was fake. There's people that were saying that, uh, you know, there was a double. There's people that are saying that he's actually using this as a way to get out from the $400 million in debt that he owes. 
like I said, if, if people want to talk about these theories, it's something we can do at a later time. But for now, we're going to respect uh, his legacy, respect his family, the three, three children he left behind, as well as uh, the famous Jackson clan, and we're going to put that all aside for tonight. But the information is out there, including Matt Costa, that CNN video. I don't know if you got a chance to catch what I was... I do not. Uh, he actually, supposedly the the corpse actually sits up in right. the helicopter. So, so the it's not going to help uh, quell the conspiracy theories. But like I said, we can get to that another night. So, but we will uh, we will speak with Elizabeth Summers, and she, you said she's on the line now, Matt. Um, yeah, she's on Skype right now. Should, are you ready to go, or do we need to to work some things out? Um, we might have to work things out. No, she's worried about it. Well, why don't we take a break so. and we can do that. And when we come back, as I said, you know, we've just been so grief-stricken the last few days. We've we've kind of been remiss in getting everything together for tonight's show. So uh, we'll take a break. When we come back, we will talk with esoteric numerologist Elizabeth Summers. In the meantime, you can check out her website, elizabethsummers.com, and that's linked up right on the front page of SpookySouthCoast.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with more here on Spooky South Coast. Smooth criminal happening across the street. Actually, uh, we've got a uh, police lights happening outside. Welcome back to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with Wow, they're right there, and they're coming to the studio. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but uh, we'll keep broadcasting. I don't know what's going on either. We there's people in suits. And they're asking um, us to come out. Okay. Uh, Matt Costa, can I? Why don't you take this call? Sure. Hello, you are on with Spooky South Coast. Hello. Who is this? Hello. Hi. Do you, wait, who is this? Hi. This is uh Matt Costa from Spooky South Coast. WBSM fourteen twenty. No, no. Okay, that's cool. Matt. Is, is Matt, right? Hello? Yes, it is. This is, do you remember me? This is Matt from the Lizzie Borden house yesterday. Um, are you thinking of Matt Moniz? Yes, I'm probably who I'm yes. thinking about. Yes. He's, he's yes. around. He's, we have a little situation here, so uh, he's dealing with that. Where is he? Um, he's out in the uh, the lobby right now, but... What, what's up? What's going on with you? Nothing. What's up with you? Actually, he's right in the studio if you want to talk to him. Hi. Hello? Uh, tell him to come here. Tell Matt to come here. I want to see if he remembers me. 
Probably Lizzie Boyne House. What was your name again? Megan. Okay, hello, Megan. I'm sorry, I just got back in the studio. I had to deal with police officers and a bunch of other stuff outside. Okay, okay, I know your voice. This is Matt from Lizzie Boyne House. You remember me yesterday, the little kid? Yeah. Yeah, this is Megan. Hello, Megan. How are you? I am good. What's up? Did you guys have a good night last night? Oh, my God. We had experience. No. Oh, oh, stuff happened. What kind of stuff happened? Look, I, me and Chelsea slept in Lizzie's room. Yeah. And I felt like pushing, like someone was coming into like the bed next to me and there's no one there. It was weird. And then, um, um... My mom, Helen, and Ronnie, the twins, they slept in the room where the mom was murdered, and they, like, like the bed, the mattress was staying up, like, someone was, like, changing the sheets. <laughs> it was weird. And then, like, in the house, different places. Yep, it, that's par for the course. There's nothing new. I'm glad you guys enjoyed your experience. Yeah, <laughs> it was cool. <laughs> uh, the, the part that got me was having that rock thrown at me. Weird. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you guys definitely enjoyed it. Uh, any other things happened? Did you hear anything or any voices? Uh, well, well, I did. Well, not really. We didn't really hear anything. Just like some footsteps. We're pretty sure it's like it was that lady downstairs or something. The owner. Okay. But, um, about that rock. Yeah, we got to yeah. make this quick because we got to get back. Okay. We have a no, guest on the line waiting. Okay. Okay. Right. That was my mom teasing us. Oh. She threw it in the window. Okay, well then. But the rest is real. Okay, I'm sorry to. It's okay, Megan. Push your bubble, but <laughs> at Rockwood Street, so this is a rest title. All right. Yep. Thank you for checking in. Okay. Have a good night. Have a good night. Okay, you too. Bye bye. Can I have a reading? Uh, uh, call back a little bit later on in the second hour of the show. Okay. Thanks. I will be listening. Bye. All right, an eventful night (laughs) so far here. Uh, Basically what happened, Matt Costa, is um, they're outside waiting for you. There's a warrant for your arrest. Okay. They were actually looking for you. Okay. So, no, that's the, uh, I guess the winner of the New Bedford Idol competition is actually sitting in a limo outside, and they were trying to come in to uh, make an announcement on Fun 107. Oh. And <laughs> we don't know how to work Fun 107, and there's nobody there. So, but normally when when uh, a police car pulls up and and two gentlemen in suits are standing out there at the window knocking on the glass, and one of them, I swear, when you went out there, actually did this, like opened up the bottom of his jacket. So I was like, Ugh, this is not good. So that's why I ran up behind you and left Matt Costa to defend for himself. But. I handled it. You, well, you did. <laughs> I, I had no doubt that you could, but once you had already gone, they were still at, pointing at me. So. <laughs> I thought it was because we parked in that. I parked in a 30-minute <laughs> only parking spot? Yeah, <laughs> figures they'd finally get me for that after uh, four years of doing it. Okay, why don't we uh, take a deep breath and, and get to our guest this evening who is uh, joining us on the line. Elizabeth Summers is a medium and esoteric numerologer offering her formidable psychic talents and extensive study of ancient wisdoms to help fellow travelers towards a more enlightened and peaceful path. Elizabeth provides a diverse range of services including personal but never computerized intuitive numerology readings, channeling, guidance, workshops, and instructional seminars, and much more. 
Elizabeth has been using her gifts in studying numerology, astrology, sacred geometry, and psychic awareness to help others achieve a greater consciousness, centeredness, and peace for almost 20 years. She joins us on the line right now. Good evening, Elizabeth. How are you? Hi, Tim. How are you doing? Oh, we're spooktacular, as we say here. I know. Quite exciting introduction there. I'm sitting here <laughs> thinking, uh, okay, well, all right. The cops are there. The sound is wacko, and everybody is running around. This will be fun tonight, Elizabeth. Hey, you know, on this show, you never know what can happen. and as, I believe it. <laughs> as, as I'm sure you know, I mean, you have a lot of experience doing live radio and experience talking with, you know, real radio programs. A lot of the paranormal programs you'll find are pre-recorded, and they're a lot easier, but not us. <laughs> we have to come in here and fly by the seat of our pants, so. Okay, well, I'm flying with you tonight, Tim. Sounds great. Well, explain to us right off the bat, what is an esoteric numerologer? Well, an esoteric numerologer is a specialty. Uh, like doctors have a specialty, they'll go into cardiology or the or uh, uh, gynecology or what have you, but they're basically doctors. So I'm basically a numerologer from the get-go. And numerology is as old as astrology. It's an ancient system of codes of information, like a stenographer shorthand, like Morse code. Esoteric numerology takes it one step, two steps, three steps further. And I look at the number information that I decode for people, not only from a human perspective, but from a soul perspective. Who is this person as a soul? Why have they come into human form yet again? What are they here to do? What karma are they dragging in here that needs to be taken care of? All of that information is found through a system of number codes that are thousands of years old. And in the work that I do, my number code systems are 5,000-year-old as well as 2,600-year-old code systems. So an esoteric numerologer is, is, is a numerologer. I am a numerologer who not only does readings for people to give them insight about the here and now, but also their soul's journey. It, it seems really interesting in that regard that you can – you know, through these numbers, be able to trace back a, a person's history, the history of their soul. I mean, we've we've talked in the past on this program about reincarnation and past lives, and That's there's right. u- uh-huh. usually a lot of work involved in in finding out, you know, what your life must have been like years years and generations past. But you saying the numbers can help figure that out for you? Yes, yes. There are formulas. They look like simple algebraic formulas. And I plug information in that comes from the codes that are found in a person's birth name and their month, day, and year of birth. And I plug in this information. I add numbers together in a certain way. And the resulting number give me, gives me insight as to various aspects of the person. For instance, the vows of a person's birth name, when I come up with that final number through the process I just explained to you, tells me who that soul is from past lifetimes. As God made them from the get-go and they play it out lifetime after lifetime. And it is also an indication of the person's emotional makeup that they're bringing into this lifetime. 
Mm-hmm. So these numbers don't change then from incarnation to incarnation. They yes, they do. Okay. They they change because the person's name will change. Every letter in a person's birth name is assigned a number from the code systems that I use. And the by various combinations of the numbers from that specific birth name, I arrive at information. But even though a person has a different name each lifetime, sometimes they're men in a lifetime, sometimes they're girls, mm-hmm. sometimes they're women, sometimes they are African, sometimes they're Iranian, sometimes they're Caucasian. Each culture has its own name. But I would wager that as one combines the names, if we could do that, we really can't do that, uh, uh, from lifetime to lifetime, we would see the same thread running throughout each incarnation. Uh huh. It, it's really interesting too when you can look back and, and find traits of your past lives that are reflective of your current incarnation. Uh, to me, I'm still on the fence about what I believe personally about reincarnation. I, I think that maybe I'm just not enlightened enough in, in my journey as a soul to, to realize that it happens, but when you can actually go back and, and see similarities between a person's personality now and, and what they might have been like then, it becomes a little bit more easy for me to, to fathom. In what you find, do you find that more often than not there are a lot of similar traits to these people in each incarnation, or can you be on opposite ends of the spectrum from one life to the next? Well, it kind of depends on what you're working on. You see, when I add together every soul, let's back that up here. Every soul prior to birth uh, looks over previous incarnations and decides, okay, in this upcoming incarnation, what do I want to work on? What do I want to be? What do I want it to be my major lesson for my spiritual growth? Because the bottom line is that we are souls first, simply having yet again another human being experience, another novel, another play. And prior to birth, every soul puts together their own play and asks from the karmic groups in the spirit world souls to come into their play, their novel, in order for them to learn through the interaction. Some say, well, you know, I can hang around for so long, but I have this to do. Some say, okay, I will come into your new incarnation, the play that you're putting together, and I will be there for your entire lifetime, like mothers and fathers and sisters and brothers. And some will come and go, come and go. But from each of those interactions, we spiritually grow if we allow ourselves to do so. And every soul chooses its mother and father. Every soul chooses the characters that are the main players in its life from its karmic group prior to birth. And every soul also selects its own birth name. It telepathically goes to the soul or souls of the persons who eventually named it, the humans that eventually named it, and tells it telepathically the name that it wants to use in the upcoming incarnation because every letter has a sound in that name. But that sound of each letter is an energy, and that energy is a memory 
from past incarnations. So a person's birth certificate name, which is all that I ask for from someone and their month and year of birth, represents by code your soul's past life memories that you were working with like tools in a toolbox, like a big craftsman toolbox. Well, one question I have to ask then is if your soul is predetermining what it wants to kind of be the the plot of your life, the, the things that it wants to work on and grow on during the course of your life, then why is it that we retain no memory? Wouldn't it be a lot easier if we could kind of remember in the back of our minds what it is we're trying to do and what we're trying to work on? We do have a memory, but it's in the subconscious okay. versus the conscious. Now, generationally speaking, it does not apply too much, as much to the young babies that are being born in this moment of time. There's a, there is a totally different breeds of soul energy that is being born now, which is really a whole different show. But previously, we come into this incarnation and up to about three years of age, traditionally, the soul does remember outright it's past lives and then it becomes enculturated it becomes part of of uh, of an awareness you know it kind of becomes aware of its social groups and its surroundings and depending upon that what it what is they're either made to feel that what they're saying is not valid or they consciously begin to shut down their memories mm-hmm. Hmm. So I wonder if like a lot of times when when children of that age will have uh, imaginary friends. Exactly. Yes. They're kind of just seeing that past version of themselves. Uh, they're no, well. They're actually seeing uh, angelic beings and and spirit guides and what have you. Ah. They have that clarity, and they still also see the face of God. They still also when the when you know. I remember when my children were uh, would smile. My mother would say, "Oh, those are gas pains and what have you." But actually, in sleep, we are at a subconscious state. We are not physically in the body when we're sleeping, and those angelic, those little babies are actually seeing uh, the face of God, the masters, the spirits, and what have you, and they're responding because it's very beautiful. So the smile on a baby's face is that they are seeing the face of God. Oh, so I mean that explains why it's so such a pure, pure smile uh, for a human being yes. to have. But do you do you subscribe to the theory too that a biggest part of the problem with trying to get back into finding these things is that we do get that response from parents, teachers, adults, whoever that say you know that stuff's not real. Uh, part of the culture, but I will say that that now energetically is changing tremendously as we are moving out of the Piscean Age into the Aquarian Age of Enlightenment. For the last 2,600 years, there has been a deliberate energetic shutting down of anything that smacks of intuitive ability, political, religious, uh, a Catholicism was notorious for the Inquisition, and many people in the past, especially the last 2,600 years, when they attempted to talk about, to tap into, to display 
the natural. We are all intuitive because that is our spiritual connection. That is how the spirit world works telepathically and intuitively. And it comes through the emotions. It comes through the solar plexus around your belly button, the feelings, if you will. So in the past, when they attempted to display their feelings, their knowingness, like Joan of Arc, knowing things, they got burned at the stake, their hands got cut off, their tongues got cut out, they were buried alive, I've been buried alive, I've been burned at the stake, I know from past life. Well, those are memories, those are traumas, Not, and, and it is energy, and energy is never destroyed. So it's all held in the subconscious mind. Well, now here we are in this moment of time when it's becoming more and more okay to put out the fact that you know that you know that you know. But there is a deep subconscious fear blocking people saying, oh, no, I remember in 1607 or 1403 when I opened my mouth and I got burned at the stake. And it's blocked by fear more and more. People are allowing themselves to have an attitude of, this is what I know to be true, and I'm doing it with or without you. And off they go. Uh, we talk on this show each week about the paranormal, and you know, we, we always discuss how it's becoming more open to discuss these things, that people are more That's willing right. to share That's these right. experiences. So, I mean, I'll, what you're saying gives us an even you know more of a basis for that belief because – you know, you can actually kind of prove it <laughs> with what's going on astrologically. And uh, for us, we, we consider it to be as the more people talk about it and the more it becomes acceptable, the more people feel comfortable. And uh, what you're saying about that internal fear, that internal remembrance of, of what might have happened in past lives, yes. that explains why it's kind of slow going. <laughs> That's right. Getting people to That's open right. up about these things. And they, and, and they're just very hesitant. And they perhaps in, intellectually are saying, this is stupid because my friend, but it is a memory that needs to be overcome by action, by courage. And in the work that I do, some people have as their deliberate plot line, if you will, their deliberate issue that they said to God, you know, I'm going to work on this in this lifetime, that very fact of Awakening to their intuitive ability. It's the number 11, 2, the number 7, the number 2. All of that has to do with spiritual, psychic, intuitive awareness. And that's what they're supposed to really focus on in this lifetime. And I help them figure that out. I read an, an article in a sports magazine uh, just the other day, yesterday actually, about athletes and the jersey numbers that they select. And it was discussing how, you know, no matter what, Numbers are universal, no matter what language you speak, no matter how somebody might pronounce the name on the back of the jersey, when you see that color scheme and you see those numbers, it becomes identifiable to who, as to who the athlete is. But the numbers probably have more to do with just what they decide to put on their back and explaining who they are, I'm guessing. Oh, you know, I don't know that much about the sports situation, and I'm not really sure that the number of the shirt that they wear brings them the energy of that number. A specific case in point is John Elway of the Denver Broncos. Mm -hmm. John Elway's shirt number was seven. The number seven absolutely is not a sports number. Actually, the number eight 
is the energy of the athlete. The number seven is of spirituality, of quietness, of sensitivity, and yet he won two Super Bowls. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure that the numbers on the shirts... Well, I think it's more of a personal choice. They than, they often say though that they have a connection to that number that you know they they don't feel as confident if they're wearing a different number. And I I deal with athletes in my day job and and they are for sure you know tied into those numbers a lot of the times. I mean so maybe it does you know have some sort of significance for them. But like you're saying, on you know, a personal level, they feel that that's their lucky number or their gener- or their vibrational number they're not conscious of. But I have also noted, I don't mean to interrupt you a lot, but along those lines, that when someone says to me, and for, in fact, let's just talk about me for here, the number that I just feel very, very drawn to is the number three. I love the number three. But it turns out when I worked my chart and the information found in my birth name that my soul number came up as the number three. So energetically, on some subconscious level, I'm making that connection. And that could be for your athletes. Well, I always say, you know, if, they, if they're making a connection with a number, why does it explain why they picked zero? <laughs> you know, what are you trying to say about yourself then? <laughs> well, uh, let me talk about the number zero. Sure, the number absolutely. zero, uh, the digit, the cipher zero in numerology is the most powerful number. It's called uh-huh. the God Force number. And it is of an energy that, metaphorically speaking, would be like a Delco battery on the shelf at Sears that has all this tremendous power and can't do anything until it's hooked onto a car. Put the battery in the car, hook it up to whatever you hook it up to, and then it really does its work. So a zero is one of the most powerful numbers in esoteric numerology. Well, we are talking with Elizabeth Summers. If you'd have a question, you can call in 508-996-0500, 508-291-0500. You can also email it in, spookycrew at spookysouthcoast.com, and we'll read the question on the air. But uh, just important to note, we want to have the conversation first and learn more about numerology and esoteric numerology in this hour with Elizabeth, and then next hour we can open the phones up for people uh, to take readings. And Elizabeth, you do a lot of work with with um, workshops and, and one-on-one consultations with people. Yes, But yes. you also have a workbook that allows people to, to learn more about this. And what, what exactly is involved with the workbook? Well, it, 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 it was an outgrowth. Uh, a formal outgrowth of the workshops that I teach. Numerology is the easiest esoteric science to learn. It's not, it's nowhere near as difficult to learn as astrology. The value and perhaps the skill that is required in numerology is having a clear understanding of what the numbers mean. Not calculating the numbers. Mathematics is my worst subject. I can't do a darn thing without a calculator. And however, the power comes from reading uh, books that I recommend in the back of this workbook uh, to understand your own numbers. A lot of people think that when they pick up a numerology book, everything in that book is about them. It is not. Numerology books, per se, are only reference books. Now, in those books, people have to pull out from the words the formulas 
that they have to use to calculate to get their own numbers and on and on and on. Well, that's a reading skill. And not everyone has a reading skill that can do that. Well, in the workshop, I created a workbook uh, that was uh, germane just to the workshop. And then I began to realize how valuable it would be also for people who could not come to Colorado for my workbook, for my workshops. And so on my website, elizabethsummers.com, Summers Like the Season, is a workbook that is all in color. It is laid out, it's 20-some pages, and it will help each person work out their own numbers, their each aspect of themselves and their personality. And also I am uh, adding to it now a teaching CD that will be just like being in the classroom with me as I give my workshop. So, therefore, people can do their own numbers in the privacy of their own home if they want to. And, of course, they always have access to me if they have any stumbling blocks. It's a delightful workbook. It's in Technicolor, too. <laughs> and it, it's it, To me, it seems like it's a, a good way to, you know, take a little path of self-discovery at the same time. It, Absolutely. I, I'm sure that it's easy for people and, and, and very... Uh, interactive for them to call you and to, to book an actual, you know, a reading, an actual session with you and to get the information that way, but to actually go through the process, discover it for yourself and figure out why, you know, you're kind of putting their own life right in front of their eyes. It, it is like going to a therapist. <laughs> it truly is I'm because guessing. there is a particular a formula. I call it the toolbox formula. It's my favorite formula. I use it in all my readings, personal private readings I do for people. But I'm able to pick out what a person's issues are in this lifetime as challenges. And with that insight, because not everything is an issue. I mean, we're coming in here with some good stuff, folks. You know what I mean, too, and gifts. But we also have a little bit of, uh, you know, tweaking that needs to be done. And this particular formula, which is found in the workbook and is pointed out and explained intensely in my readings that I do for you, um, uh, it's like going to a therapist spending tons and tons of money to be told that you need more self-love or you need to bring balance in your partnerships or it just pulls it right out and then you can read about further explanations of that particular issue in the books I recommend and I recommend books five books in the back that are for beginners and they're very human and they're very psychological. Even though I'm an esoteric numerologer, which can take uh, some very deep issues, go into some very deep issues also in the readings, I absolutely do not recommend any books of that nature to the beginners. This book is the workbook is for beginners. And, and it's a good way to find out about yourself without having the annoying we're just about out of time, right when you make a big discovery, which is <laughs> my experience with therapy. Oh, that's that, right. Breakthrough. That's exactly well, right. Breakthrough can wait for next week. I have to go home now. But um, let's let's talk about these these numbers and and what the the power is that the numbers actually hold. Well, uh, Tim, the numbers have no power. 
No. The numbers have absolutely no power. They are glyphs. They are widgets. They are downstrokes and crossbeams. And in fact, while I'm on that subject, I put out a, a weekly newsletter called Numerology News, which is free to anyone who wants to go to my website, lisbethsummers.com, hit the contact button and say, sign me up. Well, Along the lines that we're just talking about now, in the upcoming newsletter that's going out any day now, I am focusing on numbers per se and double numbers. A lot of people are seeing double numbers, 2233111. Every time I look at the clock on my on my stove, I'm always seeing double numbers. I'm getting phone calls. What is this? People are fussy. And it is just a way that the masters and the spirit beings are uh, are connecting to us now. We are raising our vibration. And I'm also going to be sending people in the upcoming web newsletter to a really cool website that will give a history as to where they can see how our numbers got developed. So the numbers have no power. What they represent is the power. And And what do they represent? Well, each number, one through nine, Mm -hmm. represents a various aspect of human behavior and human attitudes. On my homepage, on my website, I have an explanation of the numbers one through nine. One through nine is Pythagorean numerology and Western numerology. But the number one, for instance, represents leadership and independence and courage, initiative, Number two represents balance, partnerships, intuitiveness, sensitivity, the feminine energy. Number one is a mental number, and it's very masculine. Number two is very feminine. Number three, my favorite number, number three is about artistry, self-expression, creativity, one's values. The number four is about focus and work and stability, and security. The number five is about freedom, and change, and restlessness, and sensuality. It's one of the numbers connected to the physical body. It's connected to the the sexual aspects of the personality. The number six represents love. It represents the heart. Beauty. It's in astrology. In the work that I do, I combine tarot cards, astrology, and numerology. And each of the numbers that I've already mentioned correlate to the to certain cards in the tarot deck also. The number six is the lover's card. Then the number six is equates to the month of June, and more weddings occur statistically in the month of June than in any other month. The number seven is about peacefulness, inner peace, serenity, spirituality, sabbatical, take a vacation. Number July, the month of July is the seventh month of the year, and statistically, that is the month when more people take vacations. They don't know that they are playing out numerology, they're just doing it. Number eight is about power, money, business, property, organization. And the number nine is about service, service to humanity. Uh, philanthropic causes about being teacher about being wisdom giver and every single person has one of those numbers that they have decided 
to learn all about and practice and get into their soul's memory bank in this lifetime. And is it, I mean, how, how often when you do these readings for people, uh, does it click in their mind when you present this number to them? They say, Hey, that's me. That's you. You just oh, described me in a nutshell. Oh, yeah. You, I can see it in their face. They have their light bulb moments. And it's amazing because I, when I do the readings, all I have in front of me are four pages uh, that have that have uh, uh, blocks of formulas on them with resulting answers that I'm decoding. It's called numerolinguistics. Numerology is like a language, and I am like French and German, and I'm translating the language of numbers uh, that pertain to various parts of these people. Well... How did you know that? Oh, my gosh. I couldn't believe it. That's so true. How did you know that, Elizabeth? It's it's just the work, the ancient work that was developed thousands of years ago. Oh, we have a call on the line, and uh, hopefully this is somebody with a question. And, and remember, we'll do readings in the next hour. We want to get through all the information here. We've got about two and a half minutes before the news. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. How you doing? Hi, um, I was I was interested in the readings, but I was wondering, like, what numbers does she use, like, to do? I'm sorry. We actually we just went through them. Uh, if you want to go to her website, elizabethsummers.com, you can find the numbers there. It's on the homepage. Okay, That's right. And, and while I'm at it, I must say that I don't do readings on on children. So I would ask that no children call in uh, because the work that I do is about uh, a change of job or change of residence or uh, things like that. And children uh, don't have that lifestyle and they don't have that frame of reference. So usually I ask that someone be about 21 years of age for a reading. Okay. Well, we are coming up on the news. When we come back in hour number two, we will open the phone lines for some readings as well. And and, uh, when you do call in, uh, Elizabeth just wants your first and middle name. Your month and day of birth and your age. And again, 21 plus, please. You know, it's kind of, you know, usual Saturday night crowd. We want a 21 plus audience. <laughs> we'll be right back after the news. We'll talk more with Elizabeth about numerology, about esoteric numerology in specific. And if you'd like to check out her website while we're on break, elizabethsummers.com. And she also has the magical world of numbers.blogspot.com and elizabethsummers.audioacrobat.com. You can check out all those sites, find out more about Elizabeth and what she does. And when we come back, we'll have more about the topic. And if you have any questions that you'd like to, to pose to us during the break, 508-996-0500, 508-291-0500. And of course, email us spookycrew at spookysouthcoast.com if you're a little bit shy and you don't want to pose your question on the air. So we'll be right back after the news with more here on Spooky South Coast.
right, welcome back to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin, Matt Costa. Science advisor, Matt Moniz, is meeting with the paranormal team to look over some of their evidence right now, but he'll join us in just a bit. Of course, uh, we are talking about numerology tonight with Elizabeth Summers, but we're also paying tribute to the late Michael Jackson, uh, uh, a major influence on my life when I was younger. I mean, the world revolved around Michael Jackson to me, uh, especially in my very early days of my youth. Now, for a lot of people out there, and we were talking about this a little bit uh, on the way in, Matt Costa, but, I mean, Thriller, to me, was kind of my introduction to horror. Being, you know, four or five years old at the time, I wasn't really allowed to, to stay up and watch horror movies, but I remember seeing Thriller, and it's kind of my my way of getting involved in the horror, the the monster movies, and, and things like that. And I thought it was pretty benign till today. I'm showing it to my five-year-old, and the look on his face, I'm like, hmm, maybe this is a little bit scarier than I thought it was. I know when I was a kid, I, I know it terrified me. Really? Yeah. Uh, just... Uh, was it the, the ghouls or was it the acting performance of Ula Ray? <laughs> I think it was actually the wolf uh, when he turns into at the wolf. At the beginning, yeah. yeah. That, I mean, that that was great effects by uh, the late Rick Baker. Uh, and it was just a seminal moment in, in history because, you know, you hear everybody talking about it over the last few days. MTV wasn't playing black artists, but then all these videos come out from the Thriller album and they can't deny it. The popularity is too big. But... Getting back to the idea of Thriller and the horror theme, and he expresses at the beginning of the video, Michael did, that the video is not supposed to be indicative of a belief in the occult, but yet at the same time we see, as we just heard uh, with the opening to the second hour Ghosts, it was a theme that he constantly revisited in his music. Yeah. Do, do you think maybe there was something more to it than that, or he was just kind of using that as allegory for, for other topics? Um, I think it's just an interesting topic. It's just uh, something that is different and that uh, grabs the grabs the attention of a lot of people. Kind of fit so. into his little weird mold too, oh, you know. Like, he was a weirdo. Yeah, but, no uh, he's a weirdo. And and I know that you were excited about the at least the fact that and it's a shame that he had to to pass away for for uh, all these music video channels to to pay tribute to him to actually start showing his material again. But I know you were excited about the possibility of seeing the short film Ghosts in its entirety. Did you get a chance to catch that? Or? Um, I, I recorded a lot of uh, VH1 Classic, and they didn't play it in its entirety. Mm-hmm. Um, they, I was I was waiting for that and Moonwalker, but they just played... Uh, I was waiting for Moonwalker, too. They, they didn't play it all. Because I, I I I've been I, telling my son about it all day, and I was like, you're going to love this movie. I had to satisfy my urge by, uh, by, by playing uh, Moonwalker for the Genesis. I forgot Bubbles was in that. Yeah, I love, I love that game. All right. Well, uh, again, you know, we are sorry to, uh, about the passing of Michael Jackson. Huge influence on, on me, and I'll always appreciate his talent and respect uh, the music that he gave us. Uh, all the allegations and everything that happened, you know, we really can't shove that aside, but uh, today is about remembering not only his music but also the great work he did. Uh, he was a philanthropist without even people realizing it. Most of the time, he's in the Guinness Book of World Records uh, for simultaneously giving to the most charities at the same time in a meaningful manner. Something like 39 different charities that he was immensely involved with. So uh, the world is a worse off place without Michael Jackson here, and uh, we we appreciate everything that he gave us. So, But now let's get back into the discussion about esoteric numerology and numerology in general with Elizabeth Summers. If you'd like to check out her website, ElizabethSummers.com, as she said, summers like the uh, like the season, and it's also linked up to the front page of SpookySouthCoast.com as well. 
And if you ever want to get updates during the course of the week of who our guest is going to be, twitter.com slash spooky SC. As soon as we know, we'll let you know. And now we're working with uh, Power Relations, uh, <laughs> which I, I have no tie into that company. We're working with them. They're going to, uh, I say they, but Chris has generously uh, agreed to take on Spooky South Coast as a client, and he's going to uh, send out updates and you can get those on Facebook and MySpace and all the different social networking sites. He's going to help get the word out each week. We're, we're a little bit lax in some of that stuff, Matt Costa, because Saturdays and Fridays are really killer days for us. You know, he's going to help us out and spread the word. So uh, let's get back into the discussion with Elizabeth. Thank you for patiently waiting while we waxed philosophical about Michael Jackson a little bit more. You know, uh, not a problem. Uh, uh, something I want to share with you, which is very ironic, uh, speaking about... Um, uh, about spookiness, if you will. There is, uh, I am a student of astrology. I'm not an astrologer, but I study astrology and I use it in my work. And there is an astrologer at Tamlin out of Australia whose work I follow. I find him to, I'm very interested in political astrology as well as economic astrology and, and I have some very, uh, uh powerful astrologers that I follow. I'm not into this boyfriend-girlfriend stuff, you know, Britney mm-hmm. Spears and you know, the whatever. But this morning I read in his blog something very interesting that I want to share with your listening audience about Michael Jackson. The, astrologically speaking, you know, he was married to Elvis Presley's uh, daughter. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. Astrologically speaking, the planets of particularly Neptune and Pluto were in the same position when Michael Jackson died here now in Michael Jackson's life as they were when Elvis Presley died. And both of them have the same astrological, their transits, but in in each moment of time, at the time of their death, the same planetary combinations were in effect in their plan, in their charts, and it has to do with Neptune, and Neptune has to do with drugs. And that Isn't seems that to be uh, interesting. That seems to be where the the Michael Jackson case is going. And I, I actually read on Lisa Marie's blog uh, that she was saying that you know back when she was still married to Michael, you know he thought that he was going to suffer a similar fate uh, that her father did. So it seems like even then he kind of knew that that would be yes, the road that he went uh-huh. down. He so. knew well. That's not numerology, it's astrology, so let's get back here to numerology. Absolutely, and, and for a lot of people who, you know, they might not be willing to uh, extend their belief into astrology, numerology is definitely a little more hardcore for them because, you know, there are numbers involved, and it, you can't really fudge anything with numerology. No, you can't, and it's easy to understand uh, it, uh, in, a, in a reading. For instance, if I say to you that your soul energy is that of a four, and I then continue to explain what, a, what that stands for, the person has a clear understanding of a four. Mm-hmm. Of, of they can see it, they understand conceptually what it is, whereas in astrology, the verbiage can get a little complex when we're talking about trines and conjunctions and planets and whatever, practically speaking, a lot of people cannot grasp that information. It's so nebulous, you know what I mean? So therefore, uh, at least the way that I present my work, uh, it's very logical, progressive, informative, insightful. I, 
because people need to have practical application. Okay, fine. Basically, just tell me what it means is what they're mostly interested. How does it affect my life? What am I supposed to do with this? And there are four numbers that are heavy duty, red flashing lights, hello, in your face, pay attention to me, numbers of karma. Now, karma is not a, meta, um, a, not a punishment. Karma is a Sanskrit word that has to do with the reversals of energy. And when these numbers, 13, 19, 14, 16, appear in a chart, depending upon where in a chart they appear, they can be influencing your life uh, at only that given time, or if they appear in your core numbers that come out of your birth name and your birth month and day of your birth, you've got it for the whole lifetime. And it is so helpful to people for me to explain to them, if I see these codes in their chart, this is what it's about. This is how you created another lifetimes, and it's coming back at you in this one in your face. And this is how you handle it. And once we get an intellectual and emotional grip on the issues and deal with it and simply make different choices, it's over. And it's interesting that you mentioned 13 as being one of those red flag numbers. I, I read something recently that said that the fear of the number 13, and I, I'm not going to pronounce that word because I can never remember it, but they say that that's a, a uniquely American thing that in other cultures, 13 isn't a number to be feared. But if it's one of these red flag numbers in numerology, then maybe we do have something to worry about when we see it. Well, um, I'm not going to totally agree that it's an American thing. It goes back, clear back to the Middle Ages, and actually it comes out of the Hebrew Kabbalah. But the number 13 is connected in tarot cards to the death card. And the death card in ancient tarot looked just like that. And it was used to put the fear of God into people as a death experience, a physical death experience. When in fact, the number 13, as well as the death card in tarot cards, is about growth that comes as a consequence of something passing away, a lifestyle, an attitude, a job, a relationship, it's leaving so that you can grow. And It's like coming out of diapers, going into big boy pants. It is a growth experience. And however, in the Middle Ages, in order to manipulate and control people out of fear, the number 13 was made to be ostracized. We have an email question for you, Elizabeth. This comes from uh, Chris from the Cape. And he was wondering that if uh, lessons are to be learned in life, and that's kind of what the soul decides heading into that life, is it considered, you know, quote-unquote cheating to talk with you and to learn these things from you? Or does the soul kind of include that guidance as part of its path? Uh, what happens, I think, is that the person, as they become more and more mature and conscious of their journey, they know, they get some inkling as to what it's all about, Alfie. And a lot of times, coming and having a reading with me confirms to them what they already know as an objective outside person. And 
sometimes it certainly brings clarity to their lives because when the soul is working on an issue, it does so through the emotions and it does through so through creating environmental situations for us to learn. A person's outside world is a mirror and a reflection of their inside world. And so, therefore, when the inside world is working and growing and trying to develop itself spiritually, it will create emotional and environmental situations for us to experience. But some of us are like little thick dodo birds, and we don't get it. Well, then, it comes around again. There is a law in the universe called the universal law of tenfold return that says in so many words, well, he didn't, she didn't get it that way. So let's just take a little break and come at the issue again, but ten times harder. And maybe this time the person will get it. And then maybe this time and this time and this time. And so many of us can look back over our lives and see we keep repeating the same pattern. Why is that? Well, frequently that pattern will show up in a reading that brings light bulb moments to the person. Oh, that's what it's about. Oh, I get it now. And so therefore, it would be helpful for a person to have a reading because it helps clarify perhaps issues that are a little muddy, that they're just not getting. Thank you very much. Well, if people would like to call in for a reading, now would be the time. Uh, again, in order to receive a reading from Elizabeth, we need your first and middle name, the month and day of your birth, and your age. And again, please, as, as she stressed in the first hour, 21 plus, uh, to make sure that, you know, we... Some of the stuff might be a little too heady for, for kids to hear, and we want to make sure that uh, they're in firm control of, of their life path and they can make the right decisions uh, based on what they're going to find out. And I know we just had one email that we received uh, from, from a listener, and I just need you to send back a little bit more information so we can get that information over to Elizabeth. But um, I, I now, guess- Let me share with the people, with your listening audience, what I'm going to do readings about. We all go in nine-year cycles. In Western numerology, we go through repetitive and consecutive nine-year cycles of issues. We finish one, we go on to another nine-year cycle, and another, another, until this lifetime's over. And anyone who's in a one-year is going to experience the same general issues of new beginnings of new starts. A two-year has this, a three-year has this. And I interpret double numbers also, one through 78, that correlate to the ancient tarot cards. So I'm also able to give people from a tarot card insight what their trends are for the next for year i'm going to point out what year they are in in their nine-year cycle that's going on now their age tells me something that they can expect to experience generally speaking i mean we're only doing one two minute readings here and my readings are usually an hour long and i'm also going to look and see what general trends they can expect perhaps for the next three months all right, yeah, I mean, if if this is just kind of the tip of the iceberg, folks, a chance to get a taste of what it's all about. And then, of course, you can go to elizabethsummers.com and you can book an actual full reading that way. And, and there's a lot of stuff that comes through sometimes, I'm sure, and a lot of information that people can share 
in the discussion with you that they wouldn't want to share on the radio. And so that way there, you know, the private individual consultation is always the best way to go. But we can certainly give you a tip of the iceberg. And we've got the phone lines already lighting up. So, And you- all the readings are, are recorded. I record every reading. I include a booklet of expanded numerology information about whatever your trends are. And also, if I have the information, I will include as a plus uh, also an astrology booklet. I'm a firm believer in knowledge is power. And the more people have information about their soul's journey or what's happening in 2009, 2010, so that they can have clarity and make their decisions, I'm all about it. Well, we we actually have uh, three lines already lit up, but there is still room on the Wareham line, 508-291-0500 if you want to call in on that line. And again, the other number, 508-996-0500 if you'd like to call in. All those web, uh, all those numbers, I'm sorry, are right up on the front page, SpookySouthCoast.com as well. So let's jump right into this. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast with Elizabeth Summers. We need your first and middle name, please. Hi, guys. It's Louanne Sharon. I didn't. I and my birthday I is don't understand that. What is she saying? Uh, her name is Luann Sharon, L-U-A-N-N-S-H-A-R-O-N. Sharon. All right. Okay. And your birthday again? August 6th. August 6th? Yep. Oh, that's my sister's. She must be thinking about me. And how old are you, Luann? Luann, your age? 43. 43. Okay. Just from your age, I'm going to tell you that you can expect, speaking of the death card, some, now keep in mind, no one's going to die. There's going to definitely be some transitional growth going on for you this year. Out with the old. You are in a growth pattern here. Now, the year that you are currently moving into, you're the sign of Leo. What you're moving into here is year seven. Year seven of your nine-year cycle, and uh, year seven says, slow down your life. It is a quiet year. It is not necessarily a money-making year, new job and what have you. I also want you to watch your health this year. Uh, and nurture yourself. Anyone who has a sixth birthday number, that's a loving, nurturing, caring vibration to a fault where they get walked all over like doormats and people use them to, uh, for their advantage and Luann's disadvantage. So Luann, this year particularly, in your seven year, this is your spiritual year. It is your year of spiritual awakening. There may be, I will tell you also, in your relationships, there may be some betrayals or some unethical treatment of you that is going to create the out with the old and you clean house if you come up against those situations. So slow down your life. You are in a spiritual year and I particularly want you to watch your health. All right. There you go, Luann, and I promise we won't be the ones that take advantage of you. <laughs> All right. Have a great night. You too. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks. All right. Let's go to the next call. Good evening. You are on Spooky South Coast with Elizabeth Summers. Can we have your first and middle name? That's Manuel D. Manuel? M-A-N-U-A-L? U-A-L. 
And the middle name, I'm sorry? D. D. Just, just the initial D? Oh, it's Dan. Okay. Okay, Dan? That's fine. Right. That's fine. And, and how old are you, Manuel? Hello? Hi, your, uh, your age? I'm 75. And the month and date of birth? 616. Six, 34. 616. <clears throat> and 70. 616. Okay. okay. So you are, um, um. Okay. Well, you are in a six year of relationships. Of mar- Are you married? Are you married, Manuel? Uh, yes. Okay. Because, um, uh, what was your age again? Uh, no, no, what year were Hello? you? What year? Hi, I think we're having an issue. I think they're having trouble uh, getting the Skype over their end of the phone lines, I think is the issue. Should we try it one more time? Yeah, uh, well, hang on one second. Um, Elizabeth, what we'll do is uh, we'll take a quick break. I'm going to call you back on the regular line because I guess the phone system uh, here in the studio isn't working with the Skype. Okay, you have my phone number? No, you, you can hang on, sir. Okay. All right, Elizabeth, I'm gonna, we'll take a break, and I'll call you on the regular line. How's that work? Very good. All right, sorry about this. All right, hang on, folks. We'll be right back with more here on Spooky South Coast. Okay, welcome back to Spooky South Coast. Technical problems are fixed. I was telling Elizabeth on the phone, we just uh, got a new computer here in the Spooky Studio, and I don't think they've quite hooked up everything to work with the Skype yet over the phone system, so we'll have to make sure we get them to work on that. All right. Uh, now, we were talking with uh, with Manuel, and, and uh, can you give us your information again, Manuel? Sure. Right. Manuel, Daniel, Germano. Okay. Um, I'm 75. My breath is 616. That's it. Is there any other question you want to know? Uh, Manuel, tell me your birth year because of your age. What year were you born? 1934. 1934. Okay. Well, um, a couple things that I'm seeing here. First of all, from 55 years of age onwards, your life is totally different than it was between 30 and 55. We move in three lanes of human issues and nine years uh, also within those lanes. And uh, this third lane of life, a couple things. First of all, you are in a time in your where you are now when I want you to be very uh, careful about your bones and your teeth particularly. The year that you are in has to do with the number six uh, in your current nine-year cycle. Now, the number six is about relationships, and it's about marital-type relationships. That's why I asked you family situations that you really have to take your power about. But something I see here for you in your six years has to do with a lawyer. Are you thinking of moving your home, moving to a new home, buying property? No, no. Okay, Uh, that's fine. I want you to keep aware of some lawyer situation that's going to bring change to your life. And, of course, you just entered into this six years, so you may not even be aware of what I'm talking about. But I clearly see legal documentation 
uh, nothing to be concerned about. It's not a major, major, major issue. But usually in the combination of numbers that I see for you, you know, you need a lawyer to buy a house type of situation. And uh, the one thing that I'm going to point out to you from your age is there's going to be significant changes that are going to reset some of your value system. Wherever you feel resistance, something isn't working in your life, I want you to pay attention to that. It's your soul saying, now, Manuel, look at this. Is this what you think you deserve? Are you, are you going to stay married this year, Manuel? I beg your pardon? Are you going to stay married this year? Oh, of course, sure. <laughs> that's the well, right just, answer. Yeah, that's the right answer, just in case, Manuel, because I thought, well, that's this combination of numbers, or maybe that's the change that I'm seeing here. But 75 is going to bring you some reversals of situations and a little attitude adjustment uh, in family, in relationships, in business. Are you in business? No, oh, I'm retired. And you're retired. <clears throat> oh, I hear that New England accent there. Okay. Well, that's what I have to say for you. You're in year six of your nine-year cycle. There can be a little touch of legal, of something that requires a lawyer and attitude adjustment and change for you this year, Manuel. Go for it. Okay, I'll do that. Thank you very much. Watch your bones and your teeth. Take good care of them. All right. Have a good night. Thanks for listening. Good night. Bye-bye. All right. The next line here, line three. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast with Elizabeth Summers. How are you? Good. How are you? Oh, we're spooktacular. Uh, can we have your first and middle name? Helen Teresa. Okay. Well, you... isn't that just a pretty name? Oh, thank you very much. I don't and like my age? first name, but okay. Uh, oh, it's a my power. Age is, That's I'm, a name. <laughs> I'm 45. Okay. And my birthday and is June, and day of birth. June 5th. So Another Gemini. Folks, <laughs> yeah, folks calling in here. That has to do with June and July, it seems. Well, June 5th, and you're 45. You need to know this year, during your 45th year of age, there's going to be some endings, finishing, and completions of business deals, property deals, closures, even friendships can go by the wayside this year. You're kind of in a wrap-it-up, sort of vibration, if you will, just from your age, and you're not to resist it. The next thing I want to tell you is that anyone who has the birthday number of a five is, has a very restless personality. They like to travel. They like new people. They like different things. It's kind of difficult to be married if you have a birthday number of a five. It is a very restless number. You're very intuitive, and the tea of Teresa helps you with that tremendously. I will also say that as far as partnerships go, male-female relationships go, the good, bad, or the indifferent are karmic partnerships that you've been with in other lifetimes. Are you currently married? Actually, I, I think I knocked her off the air by accident <laughs> when I was putting well, another call on hold. And we uh, made it through three calls before I did that, so that's a new record, well, I think. Well, she's listening. So um, uh, I will say here, 
first of all, that uh, marriage is not one of the uh, big uh, uh, high points of anyone with a five birthday number. So, Helen, Teresa, if you're still married out there, uh, you're with someone that you've been married to before in other lifetimes, karmic partnerships. Four year. Is Helen back? Um, I'm not sure because the, the phone's just, as soon as one line drops, another one lights up. So That's, that's okay. This is a really uh, good year for Helen. Uh, just to briefly review here, 45, endings, finishing, completions of, of what I said. On top of that, Helen, you are in year four of your nine-year cycle, which is about the foundations of your life and planning and security. And it's a 13-4, which is that death card. Change out with the old. And it is also the page of cups and tarot cards that says good news. Good news for planning prior to the beginning of a business or a new home or a new relationship. You're, you are under some very nice transits. They have to do with your emotions and your heart energies your emotional energies, you're moving through cups and tarot cards. This looks good for you. 46, new direction, new beginnings, Helen. Go for it, girl. And, if Helen, if you missed any part of that reading, just email me, Tim, at SpookySouthCoast.com. I'll get you an audio copy of it. Uh, all right, well, the lines are still going. Uh, I want to throw in one email um, mention here. Uh, we have uh, Courtney, A-Y-N is her middle name. Uh, her date of birth is 2-22-1981. She's 28 years old. Okay. Well, Courtney, you are in a very important time of your life for everyone between 28 and 30 years of age. They go through what is called their first Saturn return. And Saturn is the big daddy, drill instructor, shape up or ship out energy in the universe. And everyone between 28 and 30 is forced to look back over the last 28 years, six months of their life and decide, don't make Saturn do it for you, what is still working, what needs change before you move into that middle lane of life of new beginnings for you. Your birthday number is very powerful. It's a 22. And that in numerology is a master builder. It is that of a think big kind of personality, can handle very large organizational things, but you be very careful because you can also get caught up in illusions and be sure you get your facts straight. Uh, uh, you have very lovely numbers here. What you're here to achieve is the love vibration. There's definitely a happy marriage for you in this lifetime. Somewhere along the line here, uh, if you're not married already, the opportunity definitely is going to be in this lifetime for you. So we don't want anybody to despair now. The year that you are in, in your current nine-year cycle, <clears throat> is year eight. This is the year where you're going to have to take your power. You're going to have to stand strong. There might be a job opportunity that's coming here for you this year, uh, Courtney. But at the same token, from what I see here, there can be some power issues that you need to be strong about. I think your biggest year of your Saturn return will be when you are 29 years of age. 
from what I see. That's when the walls of Jericho are coming down. We're going to house clean ourselves big time. And at 30 years of age, whoosh, new beginnings, new starts, new career. That's going to be a 30 is going to be huge for you. So keep in mind, you have to be very strong this year, very organized. And watch in December, there might be a really good job opportunity come to you. Really good. And if you're thinking of moving, move in July. All right, Courtney. Hopefully, uh, hopefully she heard that. And if, if you do want to call in, 508-996-0500, 508-291-0500 are the numbers. You can also email us, SpookyCrew at SpookySouthCoast.com. But please don't be afraid to call because it's a lot easier if you can talk directly with Elizabeth. But if uh, you'd like to do things on a private one-on-one basis, ElizabethSummers.com is our website, and it's linked up right on the front page of SpookySouthCoast.com. And why don't we go right to the next call? Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast with Elizabeth Summers. How are you? Hello. Hi, you're on the air. Hi. Can we have your first and middle name? Okay, my name is Phyllis Diane. Phyllis Diane, all righty, yeah. Phyllis. And how old are you, dear? 62. 62, okay. And your month and day of birth? 31047. 310, okay. 1947. Mm. <laughs> well... A um, couple things. First of all, you need to know at 64 years of age, there is a new direction coming to you, uh, a nice new start in some fashion. Now, you know, it's, you might not be winning the lottery, but there is an excellent energy that will kick in at age 64 for you, and you're almost there. Yeah. Now, the year that you are in of 62 has to do, wait a minute, I'm just calculating something I want to see here for you. Has to do with, um, are you are you thinking of moving? No. Okay. Because I see some form of separation. Separation in your residential home, your business home, in some fashion. That, if you're not physically moving or moving to a new office, certainly may have to do with the home, redecorating of the home, fluffing up the home, because you are in year six of your nine-year cycle. Now, year six is, uh, remember I told you, I interpret double numbers and numbers that correlate to the tarot cards. And your sixth year is a 42-6 year that has to do with partnerships, male-female love relationships. Not always good ones. Anything uh-huh. that is uh, not exactly a spiffy doodle in your emotional relationships, partnerships, might come up this year uh-huh. that will create some sort of, um, um, uh, that are going to have to be addressed. They usually end up okay, but I do see for you some sort of change in the home in some fashion also, um, are you in, are you married? Or are you involved with anyone now? I'm married. And you're married. Okay. Yes. Because the third lane of life that you are in, which started at 55 and it's going to intensify at 64, is very nice. It is ruled by your birth year, and it says uh, happiness, 
uh, expansion, creativity, uh, joy, travel, but there's a little bit of wrapping up of loose ends that need to be looked at according to your values. But generally speaking, this year is going to be about love relationships, partnerships, situations with your, um, with your husband particularly, and uh, some things might have to get a little straightened out there, Phyllis. Uh-huh. You are also need to listen to your intuition to guide you. That P of Phyllis tells me that in past lifetimes, you were very intuitive. You still have it. But there is some sort of a fear of your using it. And you're going to learn to pay attention to your intuition, easy way or hard way. But in this lane of life that you're in, your intuitive ability is really escalating, really trying to, hello, Phyllis, it's okay. Very interesting. All right. Very interesting. Thank you for calling in. Thanks, Phyllis. Okay, thank you. Have a good night. Bye. Bye-bye. We have uh, another one from, from email, uh, Elizabeth, and it's uh, it's Jennifer Lynn. The date of birth is 10-6-1977, so 31 years of age. Okay. I do readings for so many Lynns and so many Anns. I know that name really well. Well, there's some heavy-duty energy here, Jennifer Lynn, between the ages of 30 and 55 years of age. You're going to have to make some choices, 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 and 31 is going to bring it to you, some choices to you. The L, the name of Lynn is your emotional baggage that you're bringing into this lifetime. The two N's in the name of Lynn, and this goes for anybody who has an, has an N in their middle name, <clears throat> indicates to me one of those heavy-duty karmic codes that I uh, rattled off in the first part of the show. You need to be very careful, emotionally speaking, that you, because with a, with a six-day number, that's your personality, you're just a little love bucket. You want everybody to be happy, and you want your home and marriage, all that good stuff. The two ends draws to itself relationships that are looking for a mother who want the, who want you to take care of them, and you need to be cautious that you are not manipulated and used by other people in especially love relationships that will be to their advantage and to your disadvantage. You'll wind up like Peggy Lee saying, is that all there is? That Ellen Lynn is saying you will experience reversals of emotional situations in your life that are going to reset your little attitude adjustment about, hey, who's important here? And Jennifer Lynn has to learn that she's important here. Watch out for betrayals and unethical treatment in relationships. And the year that you are in, in your current nine-year cycle, having said all of that, and some of this, what I just said, I think is going to come before you uh, uh, during your 31st year of age where you need to make some choices, choices. Anyone who has a sixth birthday number, loves marriage, and they're in love with love. So you have to be careful of your motives. Why are you getting married if you're not married already? Okay, so having said all that good stuff, you are in year eight of your nine-year cycle, 
And you might find this year, Jennifer Lynn, that you just get kind of a little attitude that I don't feel as though I have to prove myself to anybody anymore. Thank you very much. So, you are in an eight year. I think when you are 32 years of age, you're going to experience some significant completions in your life that are going to bring in a whole new breath of fresh air for you as you turn into 33 years of age. So, there's some very interesting pieces of information in your name. Yeah, that's, a, that's definitely a lot of information uh, from from just a name. Uh, that double N thing is it was fascinating to me because, you know, it's, it's so so few names that you can think of actually have that happening for it. But uh, Lynn is probably a very frequent name that that would have that, and a lot of people have that as their middle name. Oh, at least they, oh, men and Lynn women. Lynn and Anne, I I have no, I just it's just amazing. It doesn't have to be a double N, just the letter N all by itself. One N is exactly what I said, but she has two, so it's like an Oreo cookie of N. Hey, what do you think of that, Matthew Bryan? <laughs> <laughs> all right, we got some, some plenty of calls lined up here, and, and folks, uh, uh, we just want to remind you, there's only about eight minutes or so left in the program, so if you want to try to get through, now is the time to do it. 508-996-0500, 508-291-0500. And we'll go to the next call. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. How are you doing? Good. I just have a question, basically. Sure. Uh, how can a person's name figure into their astrological chart when it's handed to them by their parents after they're born? Yeah. No, I explained that a little bit earlier. Perhaps you weren't there. But the soul names itself. The parents, uh, the soul telepathically conveys to whoever names it the name that it wants, and the parents just bring it into the earth experience. The soul names itself. Interesting. All right. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Okay, and let's go to the next call. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast with Elizabeth Summers. How are you doing? Fine. Hi. We just need you to speak up a little bit. I can't hear her. I can't hear your voice, honey. Can you hear me? Not too good. Shout like a cheerleader. Can you hear me? Okay, a little bit better. What's your first and middle name? Mary Elizabeth. Well, that's my mother's name and my sister's name. They must be thinking about me tonight. (laughs) And what's your month and day of birth? 6-3-61. Notice how many June people have called in today. Quite a few. Quite a few in June. That is exactly right. And then someone called hers is 6-3. Someone was 3-6 a while ago. How old are you, Mary Elizabeth? I'm 48. Okay. The age of 48 brings an attitude, an emotional attitude, to a person of almost a disenchantment with various aspects of their life. Uh, you know, I just, I don't think I want to do that anymore or hang out with that person. It is strictly deep in the subconscious. It's very emotional, and it's like a little disenchantment that is trying to be like, tweak you a little bit to make some changes in your life, please, and it comes as a consequence of that emotionalism. You are in year two of your current nine-year cycle. 
And this year is very special kind of a two-year. It's an 11-2 year, so you're going to be dealing with partnerships. You're going to be dealing with male-female relationships that you have been in relationships with in other lifetimes. Yep, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they are, uh, and you also might be dealing with your mom, if, if, whether she is still inhuman or she's in the spirit world, uh, makes no difference. The codes that you're under have to do with mother, have to do with partnerships, have to do with setting of boundaries in partnerships, having an attitude that I am not a victim, thank you very much. It is strictly on the emotional level here for you. And I want you to pay very strict attention to your um, uh, uh, intuition because 11-2 is the code for psychic energy, and that's the year that you're in. If you go on vacation this year or wherever you live up there in, in New England, go where there is water. Water, water, water is very important for you uh, this year especially. You may find also around the new moon and the full moon, Mary Elizabeth, that you do not sleep very well under this vibration. It's because the subconscious is extremely active this year, and it's hard on the nerves, fidgety, worry, nerve-wracking. So stay as calm as you can, listen to your inner voice to guide you, and go fishing. Go where there's water. You will be amazed at how it will calm you right down. Right. Thanks for calling in, Mary Elizabeth. Love Thank your you. name. Thank Thanks. you. <clears throat> Excuse me. Have a good night. All right. We probably have time for just about one more here. Uh, so line three, Matt, I think they – no, yeah, two, whatever. You're, you're the boss, Matt, whatever you want to do. <laughs> good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. How you doing? Hi. Uh, can we have your first and middle name, please? I'm Jeannie Fernandes. Your middle name is Fernandes? It is. It's my maiden name. Yeah, my parents couldn't decide. They couldn't agree, so I didn't get one. <laughs> ah. Yeah, oh, I see. That's not a problem. Okay, so basically you have no middle name, correct? I don't. Correct. Okay. All right. That, because that makes a difference to me. Not that it's an issue, but I just rearranged the interpretation a little bit differently. Okay. How old is your, how old are you, Jeannie? I'm 40. And you're 40, and your month and day of birth? 418. You're kidding. That's my birthday. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, my heavens. Well, I love you very much. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, I know what's going on in your life oh, here. Oh, good. <laughs> well, I tell you a couple things. Yeah, April 18th. What a grand finale for our final customer uh, calling in here. Well, you are an Aries, and Aries are uh, um, uh, very powerful. It usually takes them a little bit of time in their life to really find their prince. So if, if that's happening to you, do not get discouraged. <laughs> I will tell you that the number 18 is difficult in that, uh, for a couple reasons, uh, it is one of the minor karmic codes that has to do with um, betrayals in past life relationships an unethical treatment that might be coming around at you, not that you are, at you. Mm -hmm. But also it brings in old love mm. from previous lifetimes oh, that, that are coming in to finish up what didn't get finished up before. So sometimes it's a little hard to stay married under a birthday number 189. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. 
and also know that being an Aries, that nine can bring in some control issues. I'm not speaking about me personally. I'm coming <laughs> right off the numbers, mind you. And you are in year uh, six of your nine-year cycle, and year six has to do with um, relationships. But also, again, I'm going to ask you, are you thinking of moving? No. Okay. Because I do see a lawyer here for you also. Okay. Uh, legal documentation in some fashion, either a lease on uh, an apartment or a new job or something okay. like that, and particularly in September. Mm-hmm. In September, you might get a fit of decorating and want to go uh, to Lowe's and buy all the paint in the store. <laughs> so know that you are in a six-year of relationships, of loving you first, then your children, then your partner, Listening to your intuition to guide you, 18 can bring financial loss through government intervention, divorce, lawsuits, or what have you, between the ages of 30 and 55. Hmm. Well, that's not good. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm giving you a heads up. That's the value of the work that I do, heads up, that says uh, uh, that you, the possibility is here for you so pay attention and be sure that you listen to your gut to guide you and trust people uh, that are very ethical. So there you go, Miss Aries, Miss 418. <laughs> thank you so much. Yes, sister friends. <laughs> All right, thank you. Have a good night. Thanks, you too. All right. A lot of uh, a lot of coincidences, or maybe not, with some of the numbers and, and birth dates that we saw tonight. I know. I know. So exciting. Well, I would hope. Everyone listening will sign up for my numerology news newsletter. Very simple, right off of my website or call me to have a big hour-long reading all about them. And uh, all they need to do is call me and I'll take it from there with them. And they're done on the phone. All right, ElizabethSummers.com is her website linked up on SpookySouthCoast.com. Elizabeth, thank you for joining us. And uh, hopefully we'll talk to you again real soon. It's been a pleasure, and thank you for everyone who is listening. It's been a delightful evening. Thanks. Talk to you soon. All right, we are out of time, but we are going to leave you with uh, a little bit Michael Jackson before we go. For Matt Moniz, for Matt Costa, we want you all to stay spooktacular.